currently, we're very interested in the church about creating diversity within our worship services. Um, but that doesn't even create enough diversity. Again, we're still speaking our native language. We're still trying to reach out oftentimes to people who relate to our story. We oftentimes will reach people that are familiar with our traditional way of doing church. But those people that are very diverse, that are totally outside of those stories, those languages, those experiences, they're not being reached at all. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. If you want to learn more about A Thousand Houses and check out some of our other resources, visit 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. When we follow this kind of Luke 10 model, what might the kingdom begin to look like? I want to just kind of dream with you guys and give you more paint a picture for how different this kind of model, uh, what it does to a city, what it looks like when it's beginning to flourish in its maturity. And a lot of this comes down to the fact that when we are doing Luke 10, we are planting communities. And there's lots of ways you can think about each of these communities. We can think about them as micro churches. We can think about them as, as so, so household churches. But when you begin to do this, the kingdom looks really different. So today, the way that we in traditional churches think about what it looks like to evangelize is we start our thing and then we invite people to it. So we are constantly attracting people away from their native networks or communities into a centralized expression of the church. When you begin to go out and find people of peace, begin to share the gospel with them, see them come to faith, and then instead of bringing them into your thing, you begin to see the gospel and spiritual rhythms into their network of relationships. Then a totally new kind of expression of the church begins to develop. Jesus talked about this when he was having a conversation with the Pharisees. They confronted him and said, why don't your disciples do uh, spiritual things the way we do? Why don't they wash their hands? Why don't they go through the same motions we go through? And Jesus said something that has really caused people to think ever since. He said that you don't put old wine into new wineskins. If you do that, it'll burst. But you put new wine into new wineskins. What is he talking about? Why does he tell these, these Pharisees who are genuinely excited about seeing new disciples come into deeper spiritual rhythms? Why is he telling them, hey, don't introduce your rhythms to these newer disciples. This is new wine and it needs new wineskin. Well, that's because when you are engaging in this kind of Luke 10 strategy and finding new communities of people, new pockets, it's really important that you don't immediately immerse them into a 100, 200, 500 year old tradition of how to do a life in the kingdom. Because a lot of those traditions will be so foreign to all of those new disciples that they will just bounce up against that wineskin and eventually burst it. And so what's the alternative? And the alternative is, of course, planting a new expression of a kingdom community, putting that new wine into a new wineskin. 
And that doesn't mean that we don't do very similar things. We don't, it's not that we don't teach scripture or really experience a common life together or find rhythms of prayer. It's that when you are doing this in a new community that has its own culture, its own language, its own set of relationships, its own history, then you need to do that in a way that is consistent and is as, as native as possible to that group of people. And missionaries have been struggling and adapting new wine into new wineskins overseas all the time, but we rarely think about to do that in our own culture. And this is one of the reasons why the gospel tends to not penetrate um, and gets, as, as, the, as churches get older and older in a particular society, the gospel tends to stay within the groupings of people that are familiar with the church and its history. And the newer people who are outside of those experiences, they didn't grow up in a church experience, they're harder and harder to reach because we refuse to do the work of planting new communities uh, amongst those people and seeing new wine in new wineskins. Now, what does this look like once you pull back and see a city? What, what if this were to happen in a city like ours, like Cincinnati, where disciples are going out two by two, they're finding people of peace, they're planting new communities, they're putting new wine into new wineskins? Well, one of the things that's, that's going to begin to happen is the diversity of the body of Christ will become extremely clear. But that diversity isn't going to look like diversity inside of a particular community. In that community, they may speak a common language. It may even be a foreign language, different language than English, even in Cincinnati, if that's not their native tongue. It could look very different in these different communities. These people all have a similar story. That's the reason why they got together in the first place. That's the reason why this friend group emerged. And so that different expression of the kingdom is going to look very diverse. But when you pull back and look at this incredible mosaic across the entire city, you're going to see the body of Christ is extremely diverse. And so currently, we're very interested in the church about creating diversity within our worship services. Um, but that doesn't even create enough diversity. Again, we're still speaking our native language. We're still trying to reach out oftentimes to people who relate to our story. We oftentimes will reach people that are familiar with our traditional way of doing church. But those people that are very diverse, that are totally outside of those stories, those languages, those experiences, they're not being reached at all. And so we're not actually finding a way or a strategy that's going to reach the city uh, and, and represent the actual diversity that the body of Christ could represent. If we allowed each micro church or small expression of the kingdom to, to develop in its own wineskin, and that we then, when we pull back, see the full diversity of the body of Christ across the whole city. That's the way this could or should, I think, ultimately look, as opposed to trying to jam diversity into the same small grouping of people or into the same expression. We're never going to get to that level of diversity that I think is representing the full body of Christ, what it could be if we allowed smaller expressions of the church to represent that diversity. And so part of this is just having an understanding of church that there are different layers of the church. And that smallest expression of the church and within that community that might speak a common language, have a common story, that's not the whole church. That's one expression. That's the smallest expression. That small kingdom community, that micro church or that household, that's going to represent one expression. Then a much more diverse expression is going to be the citywide church. Because once you begin to plant the kingdom into diverse communities across the city, you're going to see a ton of diversity in the church in the city, which is one of the ways that the New Testament refers to church most often is the church in the city, the church across the city. 
And then, of course, if you pull back one more layer and think about the universal church, the incredible diversity of every tribe and tongue and nation being represented in the kingdom of God as part of God's heart to see that kind of diversity happen in, in his family, that gets represented across the universal church. But a lot of this, we, we need to understand these layers. And at this smallest layer, what we're trying to do is plant a community in which the ways of the kingdom, the spiritual rhythms are very native to that particular community. And that requires a lot of listening, a lot of empathy, a lot of working with those people of peace, making sure that what we're building in that community is very uh, native to the way that they think, the way that they live. We're not imposing lots of our own ideas, our own structures onto people where that is not necessary. So the kingdom has its own culture, and so part of it is going to be kind of moving both. They're going to move towards kingdom culture, and we're going to adapt our ways of doing things to make it more native within that particular cultural expression. And that's part of the fun of doing missions in this way. When we're planting communities and not just trying to win people to to Christ as one-off individuals, it looks very different. And so we want to just be aware of the beauty that that creates in the diversity across the city and the kingdom, but also some of the, the homogeneity that's going to happen and that needs to happen inside of the, the wineskin of that particular smallest expression of the kingdom. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West... We want to invite you to join our Made for Mission Coaching Intensive, where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching, the tools, and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for that coaching, head over to 1kh.org slash made for mission. We'll see you for the next episode.